This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. With the economy a decade into its recovery here in the U.S., the consumption patterns of the public are rising as well, and that's in part good news for our next guest, Ikdeep Singh, brand president of L'Oreal USA, one of the iconic names in the world of beauty and cosmetics. Mr. Singh also has in his background more than a decade working for Procter & Gamble, helping to build brands for that consumer giant as well. Nice meeting you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, L'Oreal is such a... I mean, it is an iconic brand. There's just not much doubt about that. But in this day and age, how do you continue to to keep building that brand, not keeping it on the level that it's been, but continuing to to, to build it? Absolutely, Dan. I think, uh, first, I'd just like to clarify the difference between L'Oreal as a brand and L'Oreal as a group. Yep. So the L'Oreal group uh, is what we are a part of, and we actually have close to about 35 brands or so. We keep acquiring brands, so yep. it could be 35 today and it's 36 tomorrow. And we have brands all the way from mm-hmm. brands like uh, prestige brands like Yves Saint Laurent, Giorgio Armani, um, uh, Kiehl's, uh, and all the way down to Mass Division, where you have the flagship brand called L'Oreal Paris, yep. which is what the company actually gets associated with. Um, so the flagship brand is actually L'Oreal Paris. And I think across any brand you look at, the main idea always is that the brand has to stay relevant to the consumers at this day and age. Right. And what's really happening is that, and that is the biggest challenge for every single marketer out there, is how do you resonate with the tribes uh, that exist uh, in today's day and age? And, and the reality is with demographic shifts, like you know, there are more millennials who are now buying the brands. And if you continue to be appealing to the people that grew up with L'Oreal Paris, for example, yeah. the average age of the brand now is about 46 years old. If that was the case, then soon it's going to become a boring and irrelevant brand. Right. So the question always becomes, how do you actually change? You keep the DNA of the brand, which is all about the best in beauty, uh, and the best in science and beauty can come together and offer. But at the same time, you have to recruit new younger consumers. And the way you do that is through having the right voice. Um, so it has to be the tonality that resonates with the, right, the consumer. So today's consumers want a much more authentic relationship right. with the brand. It can't just be, look at me, I'm gorgeous. It's about, look at me, I'm like you, and I'm also beautiful, right. for example. It's also about talking in the right media. So it can't just be about TV. Today's consumers are on mobile, they're on digital, they're surfing four or five different uh, you know, devices at one time, yeah. and you have to serve the right message to the right consumer at the right time on the right device. And it's also about evolving and doing that. And I think it's, it's, it's a combination of all that stuff that keeps evolving brands and freshing uh, the imagery and, and, and what people associate it with and making sure that the brand remains my brand, and that's what people want to say. How strong is, uh, are the, the luxury brands right now? Because obviously coming from a recession 10 years ago, a lot of people were maybe more careful with their money, with their spending. Do the luxury brands and seemingly the stories we see coming out now, especially when we see quarterly reports, the numbers are very good for a lot of luxury brands. Do you see that as well? Absolutely. I think um, luxury, it, it is, it's a global phenomenon. If you look at it, uh, especially in markets like China, you have the luxury market that is booming. You know, You have a right. lot of consumers uh, who have money and they would love to own a piece of luxury. So you got, while you might not be able to, everyone can, can't buy a YSL bag, mm-hmm. uh, which is like $3,000, they can definitely buy a $50 
uh, lipstick from uh, Yves Saint Laurent. Yeah. And that is an indulgence that they can kind of offer and still own a part of that dream. Uh, and that phenomena, in, mostly in emerging markets, is very, very strong. Even in markets like the U.S., we have a very dynamic uh, luxury market. Yeah. The U.S. Uh, luxury market is growing uh, close to 8% uh, or so uh, this year as well. Uh, and it's, it's quite healthy across the board, both in fragrances, skincare. Um, so it's, it's quite dynamic. Ikdeep Singh, brand president of L'Oreal USA. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here at the Wharton Global Forum in New York City on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I, I mentioned your past work at Procter & Gamble. How significantly different is it from being at P&G than it is to being with L'Oreal Brands? You're talking about a variety of different brands that you're trying to promote on various levels. Are there fundamental differences between what you do at L'Oreal in comparison to, to P&G? So absolutely. I think first, uh, you know, L'Oreal is a pure beauty player. Yeah. Uh, so L'Oreal as a company uh, is, uh, is, is, is uh, end-to-end only about beauty. Whereas when you look at a Procter & Gamble, uh, they, you know, they have fabric care and home care. That's a big business. Yeah. Uh, they have beauty as a, as a big business as well. But they also have more about healthcare. So they have other divisions beyond that. So it's more of a, you know, a, a not a, as much as a pure player. They're a CPG player. We are yeah. a beauty player. So that's the first difference. With that comes a little difference in the way they go to market and, and what, the, what the model of business is. So beauty tends to be a lot more emotion-driven, uh, a lot more product innovation-driven. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a lot of our categories, 20%, uh, close to 20% of our turnover actually comes from new innovation. Uh, and, and, and whereas when you go to some of the categories like diapers that I worked on in Procter & Gamble, yeah. you know, maybe 1% of the, of, the, of the total revenues come from new innovation. Uh, and it's more about driving scale. Drug, you, know, you always have superior products in both companies. Yeah. It's all about, it's a very different model though. It's all about getting that new mom because the new mom always wants to buy the best product for her, mom, for her, for her baby yeah. and just kind of getting her back again and again, the new moms all the time. Whereas in beauty... It's very different. It's all about impulse. Uh, you know, a, 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 a woman might have a mascara in her bag, but she can always buy another mascara just because she thinks, oh, that's a good product. Yeah. Let me try it. So it's different. Uh, social media, I wanted to talk to you about for a second. How does that impact the business of all of those brands that are under the L'Oreal uh, umbrella? Well, social media is, is uh, something that, uh, you know, we at L'Oreal take as almost our core competence uh, now. You know, digital uh, has something that has totally disrupted uh, yeah. the entire market. Uh, consumers are now consuming and are getting more influenced by influencers than getting influenced by celebrities and models. And so, you know, uh, making sure that you actually are being talked in about in the right forums is becoming very important. Also, consumers are also resonating more with the right, uh, their own tribes. So, for example, when I'm, when I'm selling, uh, we are, we're talking about marketing of uh, foundations. It's no longer okay for just one particular, you know, Caucasian woman to just have her swap of, of, of foundation yeah. because that doesn't resonate with a Hispanic woman or African-American woman sure. or Indian woman. Sure. And so you need to make sure that you have representation of those skin tones and skin types and products also available for them that delight them. Uh, and I think this is why it's, it's democratizing of marketing and making sure that from a ground-up level, you're building brands that really 
resonate with consumers. But even there's there's a little bit of more of uh, an immediacy to the use of, of the connection of social media with the consumer. I, I mean, if you go back 30 or 40 years when it was television and radio, there may have been more of a little bit of light. Now, with everybody carrying a smartphone, almost everybody, it's it's literally at your fingertips almost 24-7 at this point. It's true. And I think uh, the question is what media uh, links to purchase. There are some that links to awareness, some that links, links to uh, advocacy, yeah. and some that actually links to purchase. And I think what we have done at L'Oreal is understand by category what is important for each. And we have very good quantitative matrix uh, of like which things work and what doesn't work. So we've been at it uh, for many years, uh, you know, since the, since the advent of the digital disruption started. And I would say that uh, you know, we are at the forefront now, at least in the beauty industry, uh, of digital, digital disruption, and, and we are leading it. So, so then where is the growth? Where, where are the growth areas moving forward? Well, the growth is we are growing quite uh, significantly yeah. uh, in, uh, in the in the beauty market. I would say in the U.S. market, we are we are disproportionately leading growth from the market. Yeah, uh, most of our big brands uh, in the in the mass division, which I work in, um, L'Oreal Paris, Maybelline, Garnier, Essie, they are all in growth. And we also acquired a brand called Nix that's also growing disrup- uh, you know disproportionately. So I think in general we are growing more than four times the market. Uh, and, 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 you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, there is e-commerce is booming, yeah. uh, and there is enough for us to kind of still go and conquer out there. Uh, and the reality of it is, I mean, there's, there's uh, 220 million households uh, or consumers out there, and uh, half of them are women. Uh, and if you look at the penetration that we have today, there's a lot more penetration to be had. Yeah. And so we as marketers and business leaders, we have to make sure that how do you keep that eye to make sure that you recruit more millennials, more new consumers, more Hispanics, more, you know, just a diversity of everything as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where the growth is. It's in penetration. Nice meeting you. Thank Absolutely. you for coming in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ikdeep Singh, brand president at L'Oreal USA. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.